This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I cannot believe how much fun we had this past couple days, I guess, that we've been back in the uh, bento box. Yeah, we're, the bento box is uh, is kind of a game changer for this podcast. There's no doubt about that. It's we're, super We spent exciting. the morning, well, with today's guest. Yes. Sales director at Anthem Properties, Ben Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Director he was of there. Sales, I director, director of sales. And this is uh and it was a great conversation. We videotaped it as well. We videotaped it. We're live at the Bento Box. It's just picture this. If if you don't know what the Bento Box is, picture us sitting on a at piece a of egg dashi tofu, <laughs> <laughs> staring across at a yam roll. Uh no, it's it's a, it's, a, it's our studio. Oh, go easy on Ben. Well, no, it's a, whoa, whoa. Actually, yeah, sorry Ben. I didn't mean I was actually thought I was staring across at Matt. Uh, I, was gonna, I was saying not so much a yam roll as uh, as a miso soup um, <laughs> poured into a three pounds of miso soup in a two pound bucket. Uh, anyways, it was uh, it was it was a good program, uh, and I should say it's maybe one of the better recordings we've had. Ben Taylor is he's a fit guy. He's got a great head of hair, and he's better looking than both of us. That's that. All of those things are true. He's also uh, very. Very interesting. He brought up a ton of interesting experiences that I think the uh, about his own investing, sure. about the business, about the pre-sales side of the business. Tons of interesting things there. But then also, man, he ain't camera shy. He he makes for a great. Uh, He's not camera shy he, at he all. He makes for a great YouTube show. 
And you know what? If you're wondering why you would go and watch the podcast on YouTube, um, well, first of all, it's, it's raw. We don't edit that at all, right? Yeah. We edit our show very little, but um, we don't edit the 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 camera, uh, the video recording um, at all. And it, there's the jokes that don't make it to this show. There's the off-air kind of conversations. It's a bit more relaxed. You can just watch it and enjoy it, and uh, it's 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 a good show. Yeah, I don't I don't want to toot our own horn too much, but I think it's worth going over to YouTube and checking out Vancouver Real Estate Podcast on YouTube. That's we're set we're set to blow up over there. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, and then we else? also well we also should tease next week's episode because TT's back. Todd Talbot, of course. Todd uh, Talbot. Uh, now that guy's got a face for TV. Back in the bento box, we spoke with him as well yesterday, and right. uh, and this was maybe my favorite Todd Talbot episode we've had because since we've had him on, he's bought a property to renovate as an investment property, and we basically sit down with him live in the bento box, right, and go through detail by detail the choices, the deal, why it made sense. Uh, and it's challenges with the reno. It cash flows. There's a partnership. It, this is the intricate details of Todd Talbot's uh, reno project and investment project that he just rented out in this over the last, I think, September 15th. He had the whole place rented. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. And that is going to be live on YouTube as well. Live on YouTube. And, and head over to watch that and just when we to say figure live, out. We mean not live. No, think, no, no. Because we have live events coming up, which we, we should we talk do. about. We do. I'm just saying, though, if you're going to go and, and check it out on YouTube, Todd comes to the studio on a form of transportation that was foreign to most of us. Um, or at so, least you and I. Yeah. Have you heard of a big wheel? No, I'm just, check it out. You got you to gotta watch the YouTube. That's Vancouver the Real Estate Podcast on YouTube. That's um, all right. And before we get to our conversation with Ben Taylor, Matt, um, we should say we are still doing the YouTube live event. It's October 9th. So for people that don't know what YouTube Live is, it's going to be basically a video feed. We've got a guest. It's going to be the evening of the 9th, and you can participate. We're, we're just having a craft beer. Having, having a craft, craft beer, beer talking talk, real estate. Yeah, talking real estate. We'll announce a topic uh, closer to the date, but stay tuned for that. And the last but not least, Vancouverism. Most guests are requesting copies now. We are giving away a lot uh, th- of copies. This is, this is uh, I mean, there's a reason for it, right? It's a beautiful book. It's signed. There's a personal inspirational message from from larry beasley himself and we have a winner today so wait for that after our talk with ben taylor absolutely matt but without further ado let's cut to our conversation with anthem's director of sales ben taylor enjoy so welcome uh ben taylor director of sales from anthem properties group ben how you doing I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks so, so much for coming down uh, today. This is great. And and Ben, maybe can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I live on the North Shore, and uh, I got three kids, and um, yeah, they're keeping wow. me pretty busy. And uh, Three? Yeah. How old? Uh, daughter's 12, son's uh, 10, and the other son's 8. Yeah. You're making uh, me feel like I look old. No, you don't. <laughs> They've aged me. I'm 22. (laughs) I just don't look that way. (laughs) It's the working out in the morning. You were saying that uh, you had a workout this morning, which is good because neither Matt nor I had a workout this morning. That's correct. We did not. Um, And the other um, maybe little known fact about you, Ben, is if you could 
sort of press pause on this life. I was reading your bio. You'd be a busker in New York City. Is that correct? Yeah, I've always liked playing music and, and, and playing guitar and stuff like that. So, wow. uh, yeah, I think that'd be like a, a fun, crazy life. And, uh, yeah. Secrets ears perk up. Were, were, you, were you in a band? Uh, I w- uh, yeah, like in high school bands and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I actually got to tour across Canada with a, a girl who lived on the North Shore and she put a band together. She put a kind of a Jack Johnson kind of surfy album and bought a yellow school bus and we painted it baby blue and Man, went that- all the way out to Quebec City and back. It was pretty, it was a fun... When, when was this? This might have been around our puka shell phase. That was Matt's dreadlock phase. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, early, early 20s. Yeah, early 20s. Uh, I they they said hey we're gonna do it this fall do you want to just go across and what, what hit kind of cafes van? it was a like a full school bus oh like yellow bought it like diesel a, like we all drove it. it it was stick wow yeah it's like the Ken Kesey the, uh, yeah yeah the electric Kool Aid acid test yeah I bought yeah. like a <laughs> got to Calgary and was like this is boring let's uh, paint this thing baby blue and bought like a five gallon thing of paint and painted the whole thing because she wanted it baby blue it's like you know yeah. surfy wow. kind of Matt actually had a VW bus when he was a kid. And uh, was that the Shaggin Wagon? No, it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Scooby Mobile. Yeah, exactly. Let's flesh this out. Well, no, but also, also let's flesh out the... Uh, so you're driving across in a, in a school bus. Yeah. Uh, now you're the director of sales at one of the largest uh development companies in the lower mainland can you tell us Makes a little sense, bit right? about yeah totally <laughs> how, how you got from a to b yeah for sure so i got back and uh i'd, I'd kind of in between i had a little landscaping company and i was doing um business school and i had a couple of buddies and they were just they seemed like they were uh they had blackberries and ipod uh, you know um mac laptops they just it was cool and they were always like hey we gotta get together i just i gotta fly to a photo shoot in hawaii or Vegas or something for they're doing rec property and I was like wow this looks pretty cool you know they're like uh, you know and I was working out of a dirty truck and thinking oh, this is does this doesn't look the best to me so <laughs> yeah I think um, a friend of mine said hey uh, I got a gig starting gig at Polygon which was a, a big developer and said you know it's a starting role in marketing but uh, if you want to get your foot in the door and prove yourself and uh, yeah. I uh, hung up the old uh, landscape stuff and joined that and uh, got to work. Yeah, and uh, just stayed with it for quite a while. Uh, it was good. It was a good learning lesson. That place is an MBA. It's uh, They crank out real estate. Yeah, no time. kidding. Yeah. Of any, well, yeah, I often think like if I could go back and do it again, uh, starting out at a, at a major developer and just watching kind of how the sausage is made. Yeah, uh, they, and actually participating in yeah. it would be the. It's a Swiss watch. It's it's well run there. There's, yeah, yeah, for so sure. They they used to do a lot of like community building, but like single family detached homes. Like, were you doing detached or more more uh, like high rises? They mainly only did multifamily. They had kind of a a, a second company called Morningstar that did uh, single family. Oh right, yeah. Okay. But they were townhomes, uh, four story wood frame and concrete towers. Right, and then lots of master plans. So. Yeah, I remember in my last year, um, before I moved on, I mean, I think we did 11 openings from Abbotsford to UBC. So it was every weekend we were opening a new project, a tower at UBC, and everything in between. So, so in what every year, community. What year would have that when you started with Polygon? I was uh, 2006. 2006, wow. Yeah. So the market was rolling pretty well. Yeah. And then I lucked out and uh, survived the downturn. 
and uh, they said, we don't have anything in marketing for you, but we think you're good with people, so we're going to uh, see how you do in sales management. So that worked out well for me, and uh, yeah, survived that kind of era. And then, and then you moved on to from Polygon to Anthem? To Rennie. So I went to Rennie Marketing, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I wanted to be in something that was, uh, everything fell a lot at the time, you know, Rennie was another company that was doing a ton. And just to see the other side, like what it's like, you know, with marketers and how they do things. And uh, yeah, I just got to see how 10 different developers, you know, Polygon was a very certain way. And I thought this is a good opportunity to see how 10 different developers operate, you know, where do their motivations lie, right. you know. Yeah. Can, can you walk us through a day in the life of a director of sales at a development company? Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, with Anthem, uh, it's the design is very integrated, so the project meetings are very integrated. I, you know, our owner Eric uh, Carlson he talks about it being a matrix system, and so it's not kind of one at the top, kind of dictating the orders and marching orders and go. It's uh, very collaborative. So uh, typically, I've got some project meetings um, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's kind of when they run with consultants and and whatnot. Um, uh, Monday is kind of checking on the team. The weekend, what we've done, kind of deals wise. That's where a lot of our stuff happens. And so, yeah, people side is kind of Mondays, uh, Tuesday, Wednesdays projects. Thursdays, kind of checking on the team. Friday is kind of clean up and getting set up for the next weekend. So, right on. And so, ju- just so I'm clear on terms of the how long you've been at Anthem, is it? It sounds like it's fa- a, a more recent kind of. Yeah, it's been. It's about a year and a half. Yeah, so it's good. It's been a good, um, you know, I think I, I call it kind of the Goldilocks. Uh, you know, I wanted it. I, I saw a lot at uh, at Polygon. Uh, it was pretty hot and spicy at Rennie yeah. with so many different clients and trying to keep everybody happy. And I was like, oh, I think I'm back in the middle with a developer feels right for me. At Anthem was kind of, right. that's just right for me. And so are you guys, like, from at least from your position and and that idea of you know not really a top-down model like how much uh are you involved in the process like from kind of land acquisition all the way through sales like are you involved in all that yeah it's super integrated so it's like from the earliest days we're all kind of asking is this the right site does this make sense there's a very rigorous process for how we kind of do the acquisition is you know does everybody agree and and do, are we all committed to doing this do we all agree with like what the you know what the form's going to be uh how it's all going to be done i mean a ton of due diligence before yeah. we pull the trigger for sure it's definitely not uh and i've seen in other ways where it's kind of you know the owner or the top one or two people kind of make the call and yeah. it's kind of hands you something and says okay this is what we want can you make it happen so it's nice that side because you feel like your hands are in it the whole way uh, you're also responsible. You can't be like, well, you know, I just got handed this and I'm just, you know, passing the baton and doing my part. It's like, no, no, you were there from day one. Yeah. Uh, you thought this was a good idea. You thought this was a good idea, so we did it. And, <laughs> you know, and you thought these were the right things. And, and you know, I think there's, there's uh, the pressure is not overwhelming that it's like if you get it, you know, wrong that it's it's the end of the world. But it's, uh, yeah, you definitely have a responsibility to, like, get the product right, get the pricing right, make sure that the demographic is, is going to be on board. So maybe just um, talking a little bit more about that, like, what can you talk about? Because our show, we have a lot of kind of mom and pop investors who are looking at you know, one bed condos downtown trying to run numbers and thinking, is this a good buy? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does the long term look like? Can you just kind of uh, let us behind the curtain a little bit? Like, what do those conversations look like when you're looking at a, a parcel of land uh, and you're like, okay, 
does this neighborhood make sense uh running numbers like what does that look like yeah totally i think for us um you know i think our day-to-day is price per square foot we talk in that a lot but what we realize is that our buyers especially the kind of small-time investors is it's door price right so we've really had to look at sizing because they go um you know, what can I get for a one bedroom at this door price? And there's kind of a ceiling. And I think that's what we notice the most too when we're selling is there's sort of these ceilings for investors where I can't go above $500,000 or I'm not going to go past six fifty. That's my limit. So yeah, I think that's probably the biggest factor we look at is kind of how do we get the most utility out of the home? You know, I think obviously the amenity package, the storage, the urban locations we're picking help to kind of spread out that so the home doesn't have to be as large because there's sort of so many more things going for it in the area. But yeah, I think the big factor really is we look at price and then just the overall, what is that buyer expecting on a like spec level? What are they expecting kind of to meet their expectations? Right. Yeah. And it sounds like you're location wise right now, like you mentioned urban locations, obviously, I mean, we'll talk about Georgetown is the one that (laughs) comes to mind. That's a anthem kind of hit it out of the park. Uh, but in terms of locations you guys are looking at and, and developing, uh, can you speak about where you guys are excited about? Yeah, and even what makes a good site, like what makes a good location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's funny. I think back to your guys' podcast in August, and you guys were kind of giving your tips uh, a bit more on the resale side. And I talked to my sales team, and I just said, um, you know, I think your points were sort of people before and a couple of years ago had to pick C properties. They, you know, it's multiple offers. Uh, I'm not, no chance at the A property, the B property, it seems like no chance C fine. I'll, you know, there's not that many people after it. Right. So, you know, I've said to my team, the nice thing for us is we typically buy a properties. Not all developers do, but I would say we generally pick an A, maybe a B property. We don't buy a lot of dogs. Yeah. Um, so I've been encouraging our team saying, because we have A properties, people are out looking you know, let's acknowledge that that we have a properties. And so we're sort of pushing for that. So, yeah, I mean, I think the obvious for a properties are, yeah, the mix of kind of, if you're looking for urban, it's got, you know, the transit, the shopping, the recreation, the parks, all that good stuff. Um, You know, and I think if you're looking for something a little bit more suburban, then again, it's on a, you know, a nicer location. Um, Some of our stuff is kind of semi-urban, semi-suburban, like our stuff in Richmond and North Van. It's it's uh, near kind of Lower Lonsdale, which is very happening, but it's not right there. Yeah, right in the but heart of it. But it's not dead quiet where you're kind of out in kind of the boonies of North Van or, or way out in Richmond. You're kind of still near Steveston and Ironwood and stuff like that. So, right. yeah, those kind of factors. We, we should talk about Georgetown because, you know, the, the, you guys launched that project when the market was kind of stalling when, for pre-sales. Let's just, re- like, remind me, was that it last fall? It felt like it was like when... It felt like a long it, time ago. It felt it, like a long yeah. time ago. It also <laughs> felt like the market was... I feel like that was launched at like the time when everybody was like, are we cratering? What's going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was interesting. So we started kind of, I guess, um, previewing, I would say. Uh, we couldn't get our PC ready till I think it was about February, March to get people in there. So we just hit, hit the phones. And PC for... For Georgetown. Yeah. But yeah. no, for, for listeners uh, at home? Presentation Center. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. Talking developer. <laughs> yeah. My mistake. Um, yeah. So we couldn't get that, the Presentation Center till sort of, a, you know, occupancy permit done till February. Um, so in the fall, we just, you know, we started going hard, calling realtors and, uh, you know, making a lot of noise, just saying we are going to have amazing product. 
especially for investors. I think, you know, if you look at that floor plate uh, and you're a first-time investor and you're a little bit nervous, you're going uh, huge balconies. They wrap the whole the whole suite um, inside just really efficient. Like we had a really nice studio that had an included Murphy bed and a display home and then a two-bedroom that just, you know, was under 700 square feet. And, uh, you know, so I think when you're an investor, you're looking going – what can I rent a two-bedroom out? What can I rent a one-bedroom out? What am I paying on the door price? Right. So we had a lot of great door prices there. So, yeah, a big part of that was um, the we pushed and pushed to sell that tower like three or four times over. Yeah, and and that so that was in in Surrey, right by the university. There, yep. there is. I mean, it was a concrete high-rise. So, was it really just kind of? kind of old school tactics and like creating buzz we were calling chilliwack realtors i mean we were calling (laughs) (laughs) i kid you not you know and they're going where is this and you know and anybody i think we were just saying we have this great investment opportunity and so we wanted to make sure there was just like people kind of beating down our door um i mean surrey had a lot going for it right it's got so much uh it's the number one growing city in the lower mainland it's 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 got everything going for it so i think it was in some ways it's a tough market but it was also like if you've been toying with the idea and you don't want to miss out, yeah, you know, this is a good option. Like it's amazing. Surrey now I, I keep hearing about how it's in the long term, at least guys like Richard Whitstock is uh saying uh, you know, Surrey's the future as in it's gonna overtake Vancouver. Yeah, uh, like the area is gonna be but yeah, that's kind yeah, of Yeah, like the idea is it's still the region will still be referred to as Vancouver, but Surrey's gonna be kind of the beating yeah, it's heart. Definitely outgrowing it it's it's interesting too because it's kind of like the perfect storm because you've got a great region of greater vancouver that people are excited about Mm -hmm. but then you've got a really great mix of property types for the investor Mm -hmm. and we were actually we were just talking the other day about the the junior two beds can you talk a little bit about like like just the different products and and why is that a popular plan for investors the kind of the junior two beds yeah, I mean, one thing I should also mention is, you know, it was competitive too, right? But we lucked out that we were kind of size-wise, we had these junior, smaller sizes. Right, right. And the companies, and then we were a center ice, I would say. You know, we're right by the SkyTrain station, the university. So we had location on our side. Right. And then sizing. So there was other quality developers that were in the area. Yeah. But when you're just, if you're an investor going, I'm, you know, my tenant's going to need to be on transit. They want to be able to walk to the SkyTrain station, then go to work uh, or go to school. Um, you know, if it's 12 blocks away, it's just that too far that they're going, you know, I'd, I'll buy it at Georgetown. And, uh, you know, so I think, yeah, I mean, it just allows us to have that door price for a two-bedroom. And I think there's just the assumption that the rental is uh, is going to be that much more for a two-bed. Right. right. Well, and the one thing that, you know, we often talk about is... On the resale market, price per square foot is kind of everything. When you're renting a place, often you just rent it as a two bed, right? You don't have to. Yeah. Put it. It's one of no, the smallest no two beds out there. Very, very few tenants are measuring it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And you can't calculate it. So if it's a you know a huge two and den, you can't go. Well, it's nine ninety five. So if we multiply you know two dollars and fifty cents per square foot in rent, right. I should get this. They go. Well, that's just your big two bedroom. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, not, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, two my bedrooms bedroom are twenty four hundred bucks a yeah. month, and so and I got a bigger bedroom here. Yeah, like that's yeah. yeah that that's on you. So <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the point. Really, is is people going? I have to pay an extra fifty, seventy five hundred grand for this larger two bedroom in the area, or I can buy at Georgetown, save on door price, and rent's the same. It's kind of a 
a no-brainer. Right. Well, so it's interesting, like Georgetown, most of the folks we talked to who were interested in Georgetown were were investors. It sounds like a lot of the building, uh, the the purchasers were investors. Uh, Presumably there was a decent amount of end users as well. Um, That was at a moment in the market, like I feel like looking back, March was kind of the moment where we were at a at virtually a standstill and then mm-hmm. we've you know we're kind of, it looks like we're kind of trending on three months of kind of positive activity, activity here yeah. uh september's been been quite busy and i feel like there's a lot more positivity um obviously investors were buying when you guys launched uh right now like is it now a good time in your mind to buy a pre-sale uh, I mean, I guess I have to say always, right? Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think so more because I think developers are, are really getting down to their bottom line. It's a buyer's market. Yeah. So to me, it's like, if you want to get into the investor game, you want to buy when, you know, there's not a lot of developers that are going, I think we're one of the few that are going to, are kind of, conti- a lot of going are hitting pause, right? Yeah. They're going. And you guys are powering through. Yeah. I think our owner is just in the mindset of like, we power through. So um, yeah, I do. I mean, when I talk to other realtors that I know that are active, they're kind of like, I'm out, you know, kind of hunting myself now because I go, there's, you know, there's deals to be had. And, and kind of that thinking again, back to what you guys are saying, like you can go out and get an A or B property now at a great price where you were competing. I mean, the days of uh, reservations, you know, unit reservation sheets are long <laughs> gone um, where, you know, you know, our team is going, yeah, you know, congratulations, you're getting your third choice. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and they're going, oh, thanks. And they're going, yes. Yes, I got my third choice. You know, and, oh, they called it's, me back. It's you know? definitely not what I wanted. But, but yes. Yes. You know, I didn't miss out. You know, those days are long gone. So I, I feel like if you're a buyer, now is great. I mean, you have somewhat of an equal playing field, if not an upper hand that, uh, developers are giving you a great price. They got to go ahead with their pro- project. They got to get construction financing. There's better incentives. There's just more of an appetite to be at a you know a sharper price. So I think so for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because a lot of the people that bought in say 2013 or or, or markets that were softer when when presale was soft that got these incentives, like, I mean, they did incredibly well, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it capitalized. They all look on, like geniuses, but then, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> everybody that <laughs> could have thrown a dart at them. No, at a but map, actually, but, but then you, you know, you think, oh, well, who knew what the market was going to do? But then well, the now smartest, looking now, you're like, well, it takes some stones to, to pull the trigger in March. Well, when, there's the two. It's funny because we have so many people that, you know, we've had so many investors and developers on the program that have, you know, 100 plus doors. And and most of them just they they don't really try and time the market. They power through. They buy at any time. They just keep buying. Yeah. And and when they see an opportunity like this, where there are incentives, or when you get to buy that tier one property, they capitalize on it. Typically, right? Totally. So I mean, it it, it does it does make sense for sure. So just thinking about that, it, you guys are are moving through. Presumably, you're always looking for sites. Like I I think Surrey's. You know, obviously, you guys are excited about Surrey. We've kind of mentioned that. What other areas in the Lower Mainland are you guys looking at and kind of really excited about? Um, one thing I should also mention, just back to Georgetown before I forget, because yeah. I think there's a few real- realtors that'll kill me. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think part of that, what you're saying, the investors that buy and buy, they bought. I mean, we have a bit of a story, right? They, those same realtors that were bought in Station Square and Metro Town, which is an area that we like a lot. We have three um, sites there. Um, they bought Station Square, same story, right? They bought in uh, the first couple towers, did extremely well, bought in the next ones. So same thing. They went over to Coquitlam with us, Winwood Green, 
they've done quite well. So I think that that too kind of speaks to Georgetown. So I want to make sure I get that that plug in is is that uh, we definitely you know not only did our site was good and we were calling like crazy. We also had a ton of realtors that had long-term rela- relationships with us that yeah. said, told their investor clients, it's the same builder. You've always done well. Whatever the market's doing, it doesn't matter. They always give us the best price and you should go. So um, that's, you know, that's a bit of our, where our confidence I think comes from is we've got, uh, we got a bunch of towers coming in the low heat area, um, a project called Soco. So we're just uh, kind of working away on that. It's right kind of opposite of the city of Lougheed, Kitty Corner. So um, we like that area, up that whole kind of corridor, up North Road in Berquitlam. Um, and then big still on Metrotown. You know, I think we've done um, Station Square. It's been a legacy project. It's gone really well. So I think we've continued to kind of buy in those areas is those two areas for sure. And then, and then it was well around Georgetown. I mean, there's a, a bunch more that we have to do right in that area. We have kind of on the to- Toys R Us site there. And then Georgetown itself is, is a few towers as well. Right. Yeah. So kind of following the SkyTrains. Yeah. Sky yeah. Lines. I think transit's always a, a good one. And then we seem to buy the other sites we seem to buy are just out of, you know, interest. We have a lot in North Van, our owners from North Van. And so again, it's a bit of a transit zone, but along East West third, we have a lot of kind of low-rise buildings in the pipeline there. So, yeah. Maybe maybe thinking about some buyers that are out there listening, how, how do you find a deal, like, for a pre-sale? And, and is it the same as the resale market? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think resale, to me, is very individual. I mean, every prop. I mean, you guys know what it's like. You're realtors. Right. You know what it's like to take clients out. And, uh, you know, they go, is this apples to apples? And they're totally different. One's, you know, a duplex and the other is a townhome and they're in <laughs> sure. different locations. You're yeah. like, well, these, you know, this is this and this is single family. It doesn't have, you know, maintenance fees, but this, you know, so... Yeah, I think resale is a lot trickier. I think with pre-sale or um, with new buys, it's easier because you can look at more of the product uh, and what you're what you're getting and looking at. So, I would say pre-sale is a lot easier to navigate. Um, you know, and I think also gives you a bit of time. Uh, you can buy and you're not completing for a couple years, two, three years. So, yeah, I would say it's easier to make that decision mm-hmm. personally. I mean, I, I, that's my take. Yeah. And you're the director of sales for uh, a development company, so this answer this any way you want. But um, you know, up until at least the last month or so, uh, most buyers out there have been very aggressive with offers. Often, people think a presale as okay. There's a price sheet. This is the price. You come in and buy. What are your thoughts on people coming in and and basically throwing offers at at your company or other developers looking for literally looking to grind down is that something that that happens in pre-sale uh yeah i don't know about pre-sale as much but i mean we have a lot of finished product so we've got you know a few homes in station square in metro town we've got stuff that's finishing in north van we got stuff in richmond so uh you know i think as we launch certain things we're a little bit like the price is is pretty set we've done a good job of being pretty sharp about it we have some incentives you know that kind of thing but we still have to sell I mean, that's, yeah. we're not holding on to this stuff, uh, uh, for forever. So, um, yeah, you know, I think that's part of the game is, is that we know that we've got to keep selling. And so if the market is a few, you know, a little bit lower, uh, we've got to go there. We're trying not to chase anything silly or, or make the market sideways by taking some bad deals. So, you know, I, I don't see us doing that, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I definitely see that, uh, we try to make sure that we are right at where the market's at. You know, we're not coming in with an elevated price. So 
I, I keep hearing people sort of say there's a bunch of single family stuff that's selling at, for multiples again. And I was like, oh, really? And I was like, oh, wait, what was the price? And it was like, well, it's, you know, in East Van, it was one four and it went for one four five. And I'm like, yeah. right. But back, <laughs> you know, sure. we go back a year and a half, two years ago, it was one nine and they expected to get two one. Yeah. You know, they weren't even yeah. like, thinking yeah. one nine was something they would yeah. take. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's stuff we look at. You know, we're not in the repricing things right now in old markets it's like this is our fresh price and we think we're pretty generally spot on right on trying to be and and maybe um just in talking kind of going back to the question about which areas you're excited about maybe if we can kind of ask you that same question but excluding where anthem is is developing are there any like areas that you're just generally excited about from somebody that monitors the market and and invests in real estate yeah i mean um I have a sweet spot for Squamish. Yeah. <laughs> so I, do we. So do we. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I think it's kind of one of those areas that's uh, it's beautiful. And um, yeah, I mean, I, that's just a personal one that I, I, I like it up there. And, and I think uh, it's a nice place to live. Um, you know, I live on the North Shore, so I think it's nice there as well. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I personally like those more community zones uh, like Port Moody and, um, you know, those kind of neighborhoods like that, um, Steveston, things like that. So, yeah, I mean, Squamish is just always one that I think the value is there. It's just kind of jobs and does it make sense and, you know, sure. are you commuting and that kind of thing. Right. But, yeah, I've always kind of liked like that spot. And and if you were to buy something, maybe not in necessarily in Squamish, but if you, I mean, one of the things that I think is the opportunities for somebody like yourself is obviously buying Anthem product, right? Like (laughs) that's, that's a real perk to the, to the gig. Yeah. Um, But if you were out looking, say, you know, you had uh, a couple million bucks, we give you a couple million bucks right now. Thank you. Or at least, or at least a down payment payment (laughs) for a couple million bucks. What, what property type, like what what would you be really excited would you head to squamish and and if or where would you go and what type of property would you be looking for as an investment property yeah i mean i would buy a concrete condo at our next project yeah. so go yeah i mean yeah. i don't even have to think about it yeah really? i mean i i like i like those other sites but um to me it's like uh yeah i mean i think it's hard to to beat something that's kind of a sure you're generally going to make some money on appreciation because we price things pretty sharp. The market will kind of keep going up, guaranteed to find renters, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Squamish, but I don't get up there that often. And I kind of think about uh, what Joe Siegel said is like, I like to be able to drive by and see my stuff on a Sunday if I want to see it. So yeah. that's one lesson I've kind of right. learned is, is you want to be able to keep an eye on things. And so I'm generally like, yeah, made the mistake of buying one thing in Alberta and I just kind of go, can never really check on it, can't yeah. see it. So. I'd always want to buy something where I'm kind of can keep my eyes on it. So actually, maybe just going down that road, can you tell us a little bit about that? About kind of because we have a lot of people kind of thinking about absentee landlord, uh, landlording, I guess, right. however you'd say it. Can you tell us a little bit about what was it just that you couldn't check on it, or were there other issues with that? No, I think it's it's been fine. Um, I bought an apartment up in Edmonton back in kind of 2012 when oil was high. And, you know, just I was part of kind of, so in, you know, here in the city and real estate and was part of some groups and stuff about where to invest in that. And they were just like, you know, Alberta all day long. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, over time, I think just, yeah, just, there's just been times when there's been things that, you know, the property manager's like, oh, this is banged up or, you know, this has happened or whatever. And it's like, it'd be nice to just be like, hey, I'll meet you there on a Saturday. Like I don't have to and book have a, a look flight. At it. I don't yeah. have to book a flight. And uh, yeah, I just, I, I kind of, once I heard Joe Siegel say that a few years ago, I was like, yeah, that's, that makes sense to me. Yeah. And so I think I, my thinking is, yeah, like, it's nice to be able to just be able to drive there in 45 minutes check on it even if it's like a false certainty it's just like it's, yeah it's just something that you can well but it also speaks to actually knowing the market right like and know, that's part of it too it's I like mean, i have to take kind of the word yeah. of other people that uh what rents are at you know what things are selling at who's good what's going yeah, on what neighborhoods right? are hot like you know which streets make sense yeah totally uh, so that was a good lesson so in thinking about just even real estate investing in general what is one of the best and most worthwhile investments that, that you've ever made? Uh, buying my house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, that was, I mean, I look back now and go, wow. Uh, there, there was a little bit of uh, hubris and just sort of like, but yeah, I bought in the summer of 09. So, right. and at the time it was sort of like, <laughs> you know, people were still, there's some people jumping out of buildings in the spring <laughs> in New York and it was pretty Jeez. scary. Yeah. And, yeah. We shouldn't laugh at that. Yeah. yeah no, no, but it was, it was, I mean, it was, I remember a lot of people kind of were like, are you crazy? Like you've got little kids and you're going to, but I was just like, oh, I love this neighborhood long term. Um, but it worked out well, but it kind of goes back to that thinking. I was like, you know, that Warren Buffett be, uh, you know, be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy. And I just thought this seems like a great price and it just seems like a long term good buy. And, uh, and people think I'm crazy and, you know, maybe I am, but if I get it wrong, but you know, the house has continued to go up. So that was a, that was a great buy, you know, part of that timing thing that, but not that you can time the market, but just, yeah. that was a great, a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, and you need a place to live anyway. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I bought a couple in 2014 and 15 and those kind of, I think have gone up, haven't closed yet, but, uh, but those looked like, uh, again, not time in the market, just kind of feeling that heat. And you're, you're right. I'm lucky that I'm in the industry. So when I'm talking to other, I was talking to other people and they're going, we're price escalating. We're doing this, you know, the, yeah. the demand is huge. I kind of thought, okay, buy now because it seems like there's a big wave coming yeah. of people mm-hmm. like really selling out towers. And it was, it was 2015, 16, 17 was crazy years. Yeah. So yeah, got lucky there. Do you find it hard to get past the thinking of where prices are? Like I, I find a lot of investors look and they say, God, you know, like $500,000 for a condo. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like we've talked to people. I remember a guy telling me that he bought in uh, one of Concord's towers on Marina side in like the late 90s. And he had to call, he called his dad who was like living in a huge house in Edmonton and was like, I'm going to buy this condo for like $120,000 or whatever. <laughs> and his dad was like, you're nuts. You're an idiot. You should buy a like, house. Don't, yeah, don't <laughs> That's buy a house. a house in Edmonton. Yeah. You know, so it's like it. It, it's it's tough as an investor and it's tough as somebody that lives in Vancouver where you feel like prices are already sky high and like where do you like like how did you approach that when you bought even your house which probably felt expensive at that time I mean yeah I mean I think that one you're right you got to live somewhere and I thought long term but um yeah I think that question for me is like six months ago our owner Eric super analytical and so he just started quickly kind of spitballing on a whiteboard here's what CAC, the land costs nowadays, CACs, construction costs still haven't come down. And he just kind of tagged all that in a dollar per square foot. And so he was like, I, I don't see many people being able to sell Surrey for less than a thousand dollars a square foot and making money. So that kind of told me values are kind of like, 
no one's going to sell it for less, like build it for less than that, you know, give or take. Yeah. But hearing that, that kind of re- reminded me, because it's true, I've been through eras where it was like, wow, 600 bucks a square foot in Metro Town. How did, you know, yeah. <laughs> how's anyone going to pay that? Like, that's just crazy. And yeah. now it's like well over that, you know, it doubled. But um, when I think when I see hard numbers like that, like what we're truly facing at the municipalities uh, for CACs, what we're facing for land costs that still have, you know, haven't come off that much and construction costs, which are just killing everybody and hasn't mm-hmm. come down. You kind of go like, these are fixed numbers. Yeah. And like, no one's going to just build stuff for free. Yeah. So it kind of informs the pricing. You're kind of like, okay, we're pricing to like keep the lights on right now, not to make a huge profit. Right. Yeah. Do you, so we were thinking about an interesting questions to, to ask you, Ben, and and one of the questions we kind of came up with was there's sort of things that are said in real estate all the time, like, you know, put your best foot forward. Like there's all sorts of things that you hear all the time. Is there something in the industry, some piece of advice that you hear all the time that you're like, I don't actually agree with that. Like what, like, <laughs> like are, is there a bad recommendation that you hear people <laughs> recommending all the time or something like that? Ooh. Put your best foot forward. Oh, like with an offer. Yeah, I feel like there's there's things that I hear all the time, which not to put your best foot forward is a, a bad thing to say, but it's like there's, I feel like it's like almost an echo chamber where you yeah. start and is there something out there that you're like, this is something I hear that's actually a bad piece of advice. Maybe not. Maybe it's all, maybe it's repeated because it's all good advice, right? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the only bad advice I think I hear people saying is kind of to pick something that you don't really like or love that you're, you know what I mean? If you're going to live there, uh, you like know. the compromise thing, Vancouver real estate's yeah. all about compromises. Yeah, I, you know, I don't think it's bad advice, but to be wary of it, it's like, you know, you kind of want to love your home or what you're doing. The only other bad advice is, I think, just buying cheap. You know, I think people go buy the cheap, 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 cheap thing, and there's a reason it's cheap. And so, uh, you can't rent it out as an investor or it's in a bad area where there's no jobs. And right. that's, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people that I thought were, you know, good at what they do. And they were like, yeah, I bought in like this recreation property because it was just, you know, 99,000 bucks. And I'm like, but no one's there. No, you know, no one's there <laughs> nine months of the year. It's like, it's just been a dog and a maintenance. Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah, buying cheap and then, or just buying something that's kind of C if you don't have to buy C. Um, right. You could buy A. Well, it's funny because a lot of the best invest investors that we know, they'll buy something if, only if they can would live in it themselves, right? Like mm. only if they're like and and you know sometimes maybe because you might have to live in it if everything goes goes wrong. Yeah, totally. but also also <laughs> because you know really like they know that if 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 I like it and I can live in it, somebody else will feel the same way, right? Typically, yeah, yeah. yeah the thought I think even the thought of just owning it forever, I always think, right. but, but you know going forward i'm like would i want to own this forever like this is just a great property with all the right kind of things that 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 definitely informs the decision for sure as opposed to like this is just a short-term flip i would never live here i think the specs you know no good and the developer has a bad name it's like (laughs) but it's cheap you know that is terrible yeah yeah yeah, short-sighted you're gonna get there's a good chance you get burned we're going to change it up here and and go to some lifestyle questions, but this is we know you're a really productive guy and uh, you've done a lot. The only guy who's worked out uh, today so yeah. far. Right. <laughs> We're at ten in the morning in this room. Maybe <laughs> maybe secret. That was a joke. Yeah. Uh, just, 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 just kidding. Uh, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? Uh, 
Well, I think just the consistency with exercise has definitely helped just making that, you know, that and diet. I think just as I've gotten older, just like having to be more consistent and yeah, you, you don't get as much freebies anymore uh, with whatever you do. You got to be a little bit more cautious. And I think I was very just, you know, bounce back every day. Everything's fine. But uh, especially with like three kids, they're, they're, they're right. great kids, but they're just a lot of work. A lot of, a lot of energy. Yeah. And they, you know, you're, you know, you got to make sure that they're getting everywhere and stuff like that. So I I think just being a little bit more, uh, careful with time management, exercise, diet, making sure that things are like, yeah, so that you can be, uh, solid seven seven days a week and not kind of not four. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So yeah. Has We've talked. I feel like we've talked a lot about the successes of Anthem uh, and some of uh, your successes. The one in Edmonton, of course, was the the one thing that I guess wasn't a, a hundred percent. But has there been a failure or an apparent apparent failure in your life uh, that uh, in the last say ten fifteen years in real estate that has set you up for later success? You know, I think just maybe wisdom a bit. Like the Edmonton one, really. Uh I was so uh, hubris. I don't know what the word is, but just sort of overconfident. I was like, I just don't get this. I'm like, you know, you can buy these apartments so cheap. Everybody's making ton of dough in the oil business. You can't lose. I'm like, why would anybody invest in stocks? I just kind of had this very attitude of like, you know, someone's paying for your investment. It's appreciating like crazy. You're getting crazy rent. And now, you know, I'm working with my parents-in-law to sell the, we bought two. I bought one and it's like, they they're selling at a loss. We've had to put like a bunch of money. It's just been a real eye opener. Yeah, I think it's just made mm-hmm. me way more. Again, buying locally, buying probably a better quality, less about just cheapness. You know, I think I think you know that's probably what I've kind of looked and gone. Why you know I would looking back and I'm like I don't want to own this forever. This isn't a, built in 1980. It's a you know I don't know if a developer is ever going to come along and buy this thing up and redo it. Right. So is this thing just going to fall apart? Do I even like Edmonton? Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been back since. Yeah. <laughs> the, the answer was no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a fine city. Yeah. It's a fine it's city. I just haven't chosen to go back. But I think that's probably the biggest thing is is just growing up and realizing, yeah, uh, there is risks with real estate, you, you know, and mm-hmm. just kind of, uh, you know, but it was good. I, I feel like I've put my money where my mouth is and you've learned those lessons. And I think, you know, it's, it's made me a lot more... Um, careful and sharp about investing yeah and, you know what advice i take what advice i give what i look at for myself education's expensive yeah and i think that's that's exactly how i looked at it yeah. as i go this was real life education you really feel this you know it's had a bunch of problems with tenants can't go visit it paying for renos can't see it don't like it yeah. <laughs> losing money it's just like a big storm of yeah yeah, that that's a good one. Should yeah. we should we move to the five wire? I, I think we should move to the five wire. Can you stick around for that, Ben? Yeah, awesome. Okay, so first question: What is your favorite neighborhood in Vancouver? Um, in Vancouver, I like it right around here. I mean, this whole zone of False Creek, Chinatown. This is pretty. We didn't even mention where we are. Live at the Bento Box. Yeah, yes. live at the Bento Box. We usually <laughs> do that really in cool the space. intro, but <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool space. Yeah, yeah, Bento Box. So main and second. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I mean, down here, I think it's just such a transformed area. So Mount Pleasant, Chinatown, uh, the Olympic village. Yeah. Definitely favorite neighborhoods, great restaurants, just yeah. All the things, walkability, you're near a city, but you're 
definitely doesn't feel like you're in a you know concrete jungle or anything like that right yeah. right yeah favorite bar or restaurant doesn't mm. have to be within five blocks of here well it is i like bao bay a lot which is in chinatown yeah nice definitely a, have you definitely. been to the kisa tonto the, the i other, have I yeah, it's yeah, the yeah same owners yeah good yeah. spot too yeah i love the room the yeah the design in there i think saint marie did that and it, yeah, yeah it's beautiful, beautiful. yeah so third question and we've changed up the live wire a little bit uh, but what is one book that you would recommend to anyone listening? Anyone listening? Um, well, I think Seven Habits has always been like a, just like a cornerstone book for versatile for anybody about about life. Um, yeah, and the other book that really for me that really changed my career was it's kind of obscure now, but it was called Love Is the Killer App, and that book uh, it's by a guy named Tim Sanders, and he was like a he was in the Yahoo days of dot com stuff, but. Yeah, that book really uh, opened my eyes just to hmm. learning, learning, uh, having a great network and caring about people. And that really kind of... Love is the killer app. Yeah. I don't know that. Yeah, that, that book, uh, that was a big one for me. Just really showed me I got to have knowledge, have a network of people that you can kind of connect with and actually right. care about them. And and so it's all about kind of the personal connections when in an age where everybody kind of feels alienated and is relying on technology yeah i think so just being able to have you know that was not pretty bad. good yeah not bad. well done you, re- you wrote <laughs> the uh, subtext yeah maybe you have read basically it. wrote the book <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah definitely um ben what is one piece of advice that you'd give your 18 year old self uh yeah, that's a. I think at the time I I was wide eyed and and wondering what uh, to do, but um, get on the bus, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a throwback to fewer, the band. Fewer <laughs> yeah. fewer weeks on that school bus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, probably more. More. Actually, yeah. looking back, I wish I would have rode a school bus. Yeah, it kind of did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would tell myself. I I think uh, you know everything's going to be okay. Just don't worry too much about getting it right or wrong. You know, you'll yeah. figure it out as you go along and don't stress too much about reading all the books or having all the right answers I, right away. I think young people put so much pressure on themselves to, to get it right early yeah. on, but it's, uh, it's more about just evolving. Yeah. Enjoying the school bus ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I did those things. Get yeah. On, get on the school bus. Get on yeah. the bus. Yeah. yeah. Get, get on, on the bus. bus. Take a, I think take we got the, a, the, the flex title. year, right? Yeah. The flex year. You need the flex year. Yeah, totally. yeah, the flex year. Yeah. Flex five. Yeah. Uh, last question for the five wire. What is something that you have bought in the last year or two for under $500 that has changed your life? Uh, AirPods. And it's so funny. I resisted that. I thought they were so dumb. My daughter yeah. has them. She's like, they're amazing. I was like, and then it was like my coming up to my birthday and, uh, I was like, nah, I don't want these. And now I use them every day, all the time. I'm like, uh, biking back and home from work there and back I used to have wires and stuff. Yeah. Can listen to music, podcasts, take a phone call, get home, making dinner, whatever doing laundry yard work whatever it is you can, probably have your airpods on under yeah totally <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on a call right now <laughs> but yeah I've, just in my office and whatever just hands-free to be able to do phone calls it, and whatever i right. just found them yeah i couldn't believe how much i resisted and how much i was like yeah but also so, how uh like i i think we're both you have i do you're actually a I late adopter I, i'm a late adopter and i don't adapter? use them as adopter much. Adopter. 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 Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't use them as much as I should. Um, but 
I'm now, I'm thinking just from the podcast and the... uh, I'm on mine maybe eight hours a day. And the the craziest thing about, like, I have the first generation. I think there's even better now. But the the battery life and how fast they charge. Like, it's incredible that you can literally wear it out and put it in for, like, three minutes and be like, all right, I'm back to 100%. Like, it's... yeah. They don't disappoint. I thought there would be some drawbacks like that, or I thought I'd lose them, which is not... Yeah. Like, you got to find your... Yeah, anyway. Yeah, they've definitely been a, a game changer. I'm just like, huh. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that I went <laughs> so against them to, like, I couldn't live without them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, Apple. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, yeah. well, uh, maybe we should end with how can people find out more about what you guys are doing over at Anthem Properties? Uh, website obviously anthemproperties.com and uh, yeah I'm uh, I'm there I, I don't know if you want, <laughs> if you want my email <laughs> but you got uh, your Instagram it, handle uh, no I've, maybe Anthem Properties Group yeah yeah totally <laughs> at <laughs> Anthem Properties Group yeah they can find me there excellent and uh, yeah well hey. thanks for taking the time yeah man. thanks so much that was a great conversation great to be here guys So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Ben Taylor, Director of Sales at the Anthem Properties Group. Can't believe how many similarities there were between Ben's youth and Matt Scalina's youth um, as, as two young hippies running wild across the country and then back into their conservative man's clothing and uh, capitalists at heart. Yeah, no kidding. You, you actually, it's rare in the real estate field to meet uh, such a free spirit. Yeah. And how do you do so many psychedelics that you meet yourself on the other side of the business world? Um, not, not saying that Ben's done psychedelics or no. Matt, but definitely uh, there was a reason you did paint the, uh, paint the van tie-dye colors. <laughs> I thought you were going baby blue for Ben, but yeah, yeah. you're talking about my van. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the van was interesting. The other thing I found really interesting is, you know, we talk, we ask people about their failures, but Ben's kind of uh, failure that he talks about was really instructive, I think, and interesting. This Edmonton uh, investment, sure. older, kind of not so great building. Uh, I think the, the, the arrogance of youth by the sounds right. of things, I think he thought it was a sure thing. Um, not being close by, not really understanding that market. A lot of interesting takeaways uh, from from that supposed failure, but it's it's worth pointing out, right? If you're in this business, and this business by business, I mean real estate investing. Not every not every investment is going to be uh, hit out of the park, and sure. and with the wins, you know, occasionally come a loss. Well, that's it, and and you know what? You learn just as much from the mistakes, if not more, right? Because the mistakes are more painful than the wins, yeah. And uh, they teach a teach a stronger lesson. And also, I mean, it, there's a there's an interesting not only the 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 goal that he had of making the investment in Alberta, but the goal he had to t- try and buy his house. In 2009, I think he said. Yeah. Which is, I mean, a lot of people were kind of hanging out on the sidelines saying, well, wait a second, wait a second. Um, you know, so it was every, and, and 2008, 2009, kind of, fre- everything was fresh in the mind. Yeah. Right? Well, fresh in the mind, it was, I remember that well, because it wasn't just, hey, is uh, is my real estate going to be okay? It was, is the entire system that we live under right. <laughs> going right. to be okay, right? So, yeah, that was kind of existential in a way that uh, usual recessions aren't. But, yeah, if you thought our conversation with Ben was interesting, there's only one place it's even more interesting, and that's watching it. 
on YouTube. Absolutely, Matt. Our YouTube channel is thriving right now. We've got a video that came out today. We've got a video from last week with Corey Wright on the commercial market in BC. Um, Lots to go and watch. There's a new video every single week. And we're also going to be hosting our live events on YouTube as well. So check us out on YouTube. Subscribe. We appreciate it in advance, but uh, it's going to be a great resource for you. And the first live event's October 9th, and we already got the beer. We already do have the beer. a listener who owns a brewery just dropped off some beer to drink. So uh, Fantastic. Our first beer sponsor. We're also looking for beer sponsors. So feel free <laughs> to get in touch if you want to have your beer on the on Vancouver Real Estate Live, our new segment, our live segment. And we will tell you if we like it or not. And I promise we'll be honest. We, oh, yeah, we'll be Chances honest. Chances are we'll like it. But I, I will. <laughs> and I know this beer well and I like it. But uh, we should. One other thing before we get to this Vancouverism book to give away. Right. Ramey Films, live at the Bento Box. Man, I'm having fun over there. Absolutely, Matt. We're uh, we're big fans of Ramey and what he's doing. And uh, yeah, Bento Box is a great place to hang out. So appreciate that. But Matt, we got to give away a book. Secret, I think you've got a winner. Drum roll. Secret channeling his inner Kenny G. Uh, that was uh, that was not a drum roll at all. But we do have a winner. Secret. The winner is Marco Abella. And Marco writes, I've been listening to the Scalina Brothers for a great part of the past year. A fantastic resource to help with the crazy Vancouver market. So many great guests in CAPS. Such an invaluable resource in my REI journey. Real estate investing journey. Well, hey, thank you so much, Marco. That was a fantastic review. Congratulations. You've won a book. Get in touch. Vancouverism signed. Inspirational message in there from Larry himself. For sure. And Matt, what else do we got for today? What else we have today, Adam, is... We're doing big things on the website. We got a lot of things going on, but this tried and true stuff still exists. So VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com, private client services is one of those. Matt, if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information at your fingertips. It's free. It's available on our site. We have tried every different resource to search for real estate in Vancouver, and this is by far the best. And I got to say, We are making an investment soon, and we're just setting up a new PCS search today for what we're looking for, and I'm super excited because it is the best resource to to use. Absolutely. That's 100% correct. We also got the Live Wire. That's our weekly newsletter with the deal of the month. We're sending out assignment deals, tips, tricks. Head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com and sign up today. And I think that's all we got. We do, we do. Thanks again, Ben Taylor. And next week coming up, Todd Talbot, HGTV's Todd Talbot, celebrity realtor, uh, renovator, investor, man that wears plenty of hats and shows up to the studio on something you don't want to miss. And if you're dying to know, well, don't call me, but if you want to call me about anything else, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that secret line. Info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. A man that doesn't wear several hats, but a bowler's cap. Just just the same one every day. (laughs) Strange. (laughs) Very strange guy. Have a great week, guys. Take care. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.
Hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 